1: What's up everybody welcome inside the guilty as charged podcast my name is steven and i am the host
2: joining me as always is my guy tyler tyler what's up man how are you doing doing very well happy to be talking about some actual news and potential news and all that sort of good stuff how are you steven i'm doing great man it's been uh been a good week uh for us it's been a good week for
1: the chargers so far so i'm gonna well i guess on certain fronts at least uh which we'll talk about and then we'll talk about some of the not so good stuff for the Chargers. so Uh, A ton to dive in today, Uh, you know, this year we weren't able to do live shows every single day of free agency, so we've got a lot of it to to, uh, dissect today. Um, Thankfully, the Chargers not as active as last year from our standpoint, you know, last year we would (laughs) have, this would probably be a a two and a half hour show uh, with all the moves that they were making last year, so uh, a ton to uh, dive in today. And we will be able to uh, figure out where we stand on a lot of different fronts. So um, first and foremost, I have to start with the Austin Eckler news. Um, As of yet, he has not been traded, despite the uh, comment here in the the live (laughs) chat. Um, So that's the situation, though, for Austin Eckler. He has uh, been granted permission by the Chargers to seek out a trade um ian rapaport reported on tuesday yesterday that this is mostly a strategy to seek out an an extension and he's more than happy to stay in los angeles um you had heard privately back in february that the austin eckler camp would seek out an extension and that that the team was open to you know having that kind of conversation so Things kind of uh, escalated quickly on Monday and then again on Tuesday when it became official that the Chargers were going to give him permission to seek out a trade. Um, And this is where we're at. You know, the running back market has tanked. Uh, Jamal Williams was very far apart with the Lions. Austin Eckler reportedly very far apart with the Chargers. And now, you know, Jamal Williams is signing for $4 million per year. You know, David Montgomery, $6 million per year. So it's, uh, not a very kind, uh, running back market at this current moment. So Tyler, what are your thoughts on all of this? And obviously, you know, feel free to share what you can, uh, you know, based off of what you've heard, you know, over the last month or so.
2: Yeah. So overall the, when we, I think Steve and I were messaging on Sunday, like, man, I can't wait for these certain things to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> When Monday rolled around and he requested a, a trade, that was a surprise, uh, or at least requested to you know speak, have permission to speak about a trade. So um, on February 9th, I, I learned that Austin Eckler's camp and Austin Eckler and the Chargers were going to engage in these extension talks. The sentiment I, I heard was that Eckler was, you know, he wanted to finish out his career here. Not that this was some five or seven year deal, but, you know, like this is probably his last big contract and it will be probably um based because that was you know off the record what we heard in february 9th uh we couldn't exactly share that out loud with everyone but i think as many of you have seen with the show it's very much a a show don't tell sort of thing so we couldn't report it out loud um but anyone watching it knows that we've been discussing and simulating this extension Mm -hmm. for you know at least at least a month now when we started doing our first mock and then the mock that we did on sunday that's why we keep discussing it um ultimately as it's very obvious Eckler wants a pay raise obviously um what i have learned and i have to dance around specifics here um is that this is not like a a greedy player greedy agency contracts sort of thing that's they're not looking for a market resetting kind of deal nothing that seems to be in that i mean i'm sure they would love to get paid that but they're not like demanding something within the top five. I don't think this is um, anything like that. And I know of the target goal, there's a certain cutoff that they are looking to hit above. And frankly, if you look at running back contracts, you might be able to guess what that is. And I believe that number is, is genuinely fair for the production that he gives. Um, and technically, I, I do still think that the Chargers could pay it or something close to it. But I understand why they won't. I understand why they're allowing him to Potentially discuss trades with other teams. Um, He's as productive as any back in the league. He's more productive than most backs in the league, but it's the running back position that comes down to that question of sustainability. Um, And he's past that running back snap threshold. We thought in the early parts of the season he was looking a bit rough, um, but things got better from there. I know people will point to the postseason, but frankly. You know, from my perspective, most of what happens in the rushing game is really more of a product of the offensive line and the scheme and the blocking, not necessarily the running back, which is also why you, you might be able to feel like Eckler yeah. is more expendable because you feel better about the scheme and the line. So I get why this could be head for a split, um, but I did not hear what you just mentioned, what Ian Rappaport said about this being a potential, you know, tactic, if you will. And that doesn't surprise me. And, you know, ultimately, I could see it working but I think both sides will kind of meet in the middle because you know, he, he's he's trying to hit this deal, maybe work a trade or something or work the contract, but the market's not been kind. Like you said, um, $6 million APY for two of the better backs in the market, Montgomery and Williams. Uh, Miles Sanders, I don't know if we have the numbers yet. He got a four-year deal. I don't know what that worth is. Um, Samaje Pirine, 3.75. Mosterton Wilson got you know, 3 million and 2.8 million. The tag players, like the big guys on the market, but they all got tagged. And they got $10.1 on that tag. Uh, The Cowboys are either just cut Zeke or are pending cutting Zeke or whatever. The Titans want to move on from Henry. Fournette was cut. Like, this market stinks. (laughs) So, uh, if you're, like, Eckler, like, both sides, I understand why they want what they want. But I also do think that both sides could work this out because I do think the fit is still there. The Chargers want Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler wanted to retire here. I don't think the number that they're looking for is so outrageous um so i i do think this still can get done i do think that, that austin eckler can return back to the Chargers. but all it takes is one cap free contender and it's over like someone's going to offer a fourth and a third or something whatever a fourth or a third um and really i feel like it's a third is like a dream scenario <laughs> for a trade um yeah. but something that have with, with some money that's a contender that's like okay we'll pay that for two years give them a fourth all good now that's all it takes so i do think the charges in austin eckler can still get this done but you know there there are teams out there that, that can pay more it's just a question of will they yeah i mean from austin eckler's side
1: i think this makes all the sense in the world right like i think you are a player who's produced at an elite level and you know granted with these kind of contracts you're you're also taking into consideration what you're going to be right like it's not just like oh this player produced at an elite level like we have to pay him at that rate you're also trying to bake in like what is this guy going to look like over the course of this contract so if you're Austin Eckler, who has produced at an elite level right like we're talking about 40 touchdowns over the last two seasons and we're talking about You know, breaking the receiving record and over 800 yards rushing each of the last two years. And, you know, we've seen what the Chargers offense has looked like without him, uh, you know, in 2020 when they were not able to run the football at all. You know, we've seen them not be able to find an RB2 at any point over the last three seasons consistently. Obviously, you know, Joshua Kelly's injury certainly plays into um, that figure, right? But, um, you know, you have zero guaranteed money on this upcoming contract and you're going to turn 28 next month in May. Like what incentive do you have to play on this existing deal? There isn't one, right? Like you have given everything to the chargers that they possibly could have asked for. And, you know, this is, this was a great contract for him, obviously as as a former undrafted free agent, but now you're, you're trying to get paid. And like you said, you know, I don't think he's trying to reset the market. I think that'd be kind of, you know, ridiculous and very short sighted on his part. And, um, you know you've heard that that is is not going to be the case so I think he's trying to get a fair payday while also getting this year's contract fully guaranteed or at least partially guaranteed you know because right now you have zero guaranteed money if the, he gets hurt then he does not get paid right and he's a running back like it makes all the sense in the world why this is the way that you were trying to do things if you're Austin Eckler in his camp Um, I think it also makes sense for the chargers and, you know, this is a a smart business tactic. It sucks that this is, this is part of the NFL, right? Like we all love Austin Eckler. Um, I think he's one of the better players in the league. I think he's one of the better guys in the league. We've had him on the show. He was a great interview. Um, I have his Jersey. He was the first Jersey I bought, uh, you know, when the chargers rebranded. So we all love Austin Eckler and this is the unfortunate part of the NFL, but if you're the Chargers, this is exactly what you do. You have contract negotiations; they don't go as the way that you think, especially as a, a cap-strapped team. You know, go, like we've talked about several times. And you say to Austin Eckler, "Okay, like go do your research. You know, go figure out what your value is around the league, and we'll see what happens. You know, if it doesn't work out, great. We'll trade you. We'll get a pick. We'll draft somebody, sign somebody. I don't know who's. We'll see what happens. We can certainly talk about that." um but again if you're the chargers like this is exactly what you want to do you offered him a contract extension it didn't go super well you're far apart okay austin go go see what your value is around the league and then we'll talk again and so you know it sucks that it got to this point but you know i think this is smart business from eckler's side i think it's smart business from the charter side of things too
2: yeah it really is smart business from from both sides it's i mean it it was great for both sides initially right because This con like when the numbers came out for Austin Eckler's contract. Yeah, there was a bit of projection. Like I didn't see him as a a 40 touchdowns in in two years kind of guy. Right. With as much as you know he was able to do the last two years. But like even for that, the money that he had then was an extreme discount. And now it's it's still quite a discount. And the Chargers were happy to make it work. Austin Eckler, I mean, this guy was again leading you know, white river rafting, or whatever whitewater rafting tours um, <laughs> at one point, like that was his job. Yeah. And now, you know, Hey, 6 million APY, no problem. You know, that's better than the tip money you get being a tour guide. So, you know, it was a great deal for both sides. It is still a great deal for this season, I think. But again, yeah. Austin, looking at that 2024, like you pushed, okay, so you, let me do the math. You've pushed $142 million to four players in 2024. Yeah, I have zero guaranteed money next year. Like, hmm, I wonder who's going to get cut first um, to make room and make things work. Like, yeah, okay, maybe one of the receivers and edge players, but hello, the guy with zero guaranteed money who's going to be, you know, 29 or even 30 and maybe another, you know, 300 touches, another 20 touchdowns. Like at some point, like Eckler is going to be, quote unquote, over the hill, like he's going to hit a wall. It could be like it actually could be this year. Um, It wouldn't surprise me. I know no one's going to like me bringing it up, but Arjun did reference early in the year statistically some of the struggles that Austin Eckler was having. And even the best of what Eckler could do, if you looked at when plays were not perfectly blocked, he was on those plays one of the worst running backs in the league in rushing yards over expected. Mm-hmm. And so I think the Chargers are looking at that and going, okay, like if things aren't perfect for you, you're not very good good no offense now again Eckler was fantastic last year i think i had him fourth or fifth on my top you know 10 but i think the Chargers are, are smart enough to look at that and go you know i just don't think we can meet you where you want to and i think that they are anticipating potentially the drop off to hit this year so if they don't want if, if Eckler wants three million dollars more four million dollars more whatever it ends up being i get it why the Chargers would pass on that
1: Yeah, I would as well. And I think, you know, a lot of people are, are, you know, penciling Austin Eckler into a box that I don't think he necessarily belongs to because I do think that his game can age very well. I mean, he's an elite pass protector. He's an elite receiver out of the backfield. You know, he can still give you a lot of value and, you know, the Chargers haven't really been able to put him out in the slot very often recently or, or flex him out wide. Because they haven't had other running backs who can pass protect. You know, that that's the issue with like not having a consistent running back, too, is that you you kind of limit what Austin Eckler can do as a player. But I mean, there was a stretch of the year this past season where he was wide receiver one. Like he was he was getting 11, 12 targets a game. I mean, we all remember what that looked like against the 49ers and and that stretch of games where Keenan Allen and Mike Williams were either banged up or not on the field. And Austin Eckler had 107 receptions this year. So I do think that Eckler's game can age uh at a higher level, right? But I do think that this is um what the running back market is reflecting. And Alex um pointing this out on Twitter. Uh,
2: this? Yes, Morgan Morgan Fox is back. Oh shit, let's go. <laughs> yeah, so Morgan Fox um, all right agent David Cancer going back back to Cali. Congratulations to Morgan Fox on agreeing to terms and re-sign with the Chargers. Okay, so Morgan Fox is back. I am let Let's go. I'm going to be three for three on these big three. Hey,
1: two years in a row, we got a defensive tackle signing live on the show.
2: Yeah, if you need a defensive tackle to be signed, (laughs) man, just we'll jump on. Don't worry. Hey, it happened on the show. All right, Morgan Fox is back. Um, Okay, I can pull it up on the screen real quick. And there's not much to add right now, but I can pull it up so people can you know, celebrate and such. <laughs> uh, let me go to Chrome tab. Okay. Morgan Fox is back. And let's yes, as Arjun says, let's see the money. I, I think that, so I, I had a lot more to say about Morgan Fox, but he's back.
0: So that's great. <laughs> that, that,
2: you know, saves you guys five minutes to listen to me ramble on. Um, I mean, it came down to, I what's his name? You know, Coach Ed was on Twitter at one point going, Hey, listen, stop, stop playing, pay this dude. Um, I think Steven, you had heard and shared in the discord that they were kind of low balling him to yeah. me. It just felt like proper negotiation. You don't start at the top, you know, it's not what you deserve. It's what you negotiate. And Morgan Fox, you know, you, you got to negotiate down to a certain point and meet in the middle. Um, yeah, great. Morgan Fox is back with the chargers. I thought him and Trey Pipkins were the two most irreplaceable players and they've retained two of their most irreplaceable players in my opinion. So, um, okay, we'll see. Uh, those are my notifications. I have March mammal madness on my notifications. Uh, Ian Rappaport,
1: sorry. Ian Rappaport just said it's a two year deal for Morgan Fox.
2: Interesting. So I'm sure Arjun can make a guess in the chat. Um, so Arjun had him at what? Like, or not Arjun, Arjun and Brad have at two years, five and a half or something.
1: Yeah, so initially um Brad's prediction for Morgan Fox was two years, eleven million dollars.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and then I think after the defensive tackle boom, he bumped it up to six point two five, uh, which would be in this instance, uh twelve point five million. Is that correct? Basic quick math.
2: Sure. Everyone's just watching me go through my retweets. <laughs> um I'm gonna I'm just trying to find where I said that they should get this done because they really should have.
1: They really should have. Yeah, this is live television, folks. Uh, Arjun said in the chat that he had him uh, two years, nine million dollars total. Probably exceeds that. No, I, I think that would exceed that. I don't think it's going to be the eight to ten million dollars that Coach Ed was talking about. <laughs> we'll find um, out, and you know, we'll we'll see here shortly. You know, maybe that that is the case, but. Um, I mean the chargers nice live tweeting, uh, from the, from the screen. Yeah. Share. I gotta, I gotta avoid doing my, DM. <laughs> I gotta avoid staying away from that. But okay. All right. You know what? Everyone's seen too much. I'm out of here. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Deli- yeah. Let's put that shit away. Um, <laughs> but yes, this is fantastic news. You know, the chargers, uh, as of now are, you know, letting Braden Fajoco test the market. Austin Johnson is injured with a very serious injury. And I think uh, just barely is like really starting to test his uh, physical ability in terms of his his knee. I haven't really seen an update on uh, Otito Ogbonia, but he's also Mm -hmm. injured with the same injury that J.C. Jackson had. So uh, currently healthy on the roster was Sebastian Joseph Day and Christopher Hinton. That was it. (laughs) And I think they like Chris Hinton, um, you know, and I think he showed some interesting flashes down the stretch. I think that he could be kind of like what they had for Brian Fajoco, like that kind of role where it's like, okay, you're DT six, maybe you make a roster. If not, you're a practice squad guy and you're the first, you know, practice squad elevation. So I do think they like Chris Hinton, but that was it, right? That was, that was Sebastian Joseph day, and Christopher Hinton that were healthy and on the roster. So um, this was a big, big need for the Chargers, and um, mm-hmm. we'll see what the, the money comes in. I'm hoping we get some, some clarity here, but yeah, um, you know, Morgan Fox had an outstanding season last year. And I know that he's he's getting paid as a pass rusher. But I said this throughout the end of the season, I thought that his work against the run was really catching up to what he was doing as a pass rusher as well. So, um, you know, he's he's ideally somebody that you just kind of focus in on on as a pass rusher. But I do think he is a bit underrated as a run defender as well. So uh, this is great news. The, The Chargers didn't really have a choice here. I thought that if they struck out with Morgan Fox, maybe we're talking about like a one-year, four million, five million dollar deal for like Shelby Harris, mm-hmm. um, maybe a one-year, three million dollar deal for like Ashawn Robinson who I mentioned, but mm-hmm. um getting Morgan Morgan Fox back, I think, is huge.
2: It is so huge. There, this just ensures with and Pipkin's back as well, that you can really focus on. Potentially the strength of the draft, which which is edge rusher, edge, edge rusher, rusher. There you go, <laughs> Lordy. Um, this is great. I, I was looking at running through simulations. You know, I had the, I just for fun, I had them taking a defensive tackle in round one in a simulation recently, and yeah. it just like that's my, that might have been where they had to go, but they don't have to now because of Morgan Fox. I'm I'm really curious what these numbers are. Um the Chargers and I, I've guessed as much, like they had no choice. There was nothing. Like you said, their players were either hurt or they're gone or they're hitting the market or whatever. It was literally just Sebastian Joseph Day. Yep. And now I, I would sort of understand if they then okay, this didn't work. Let's get Robinson and you know, whatever, let's say um Brockers or something. But it's just like not oh, yeah, the same. This is this is great. Uh, this is fantastic. Again, a, a player that technically wasn't the starter, but rolled into forty pressures and six sacks to end the year. Will he hit that? I hope so. You know, he'll be paid a lot more to hit those numbers again. Yeah. But this this system favors him. This line favors him. He's an excellent player. Um, you know, people kind of want to pigeonhole him as a sort of rotational guy. You know, maybe he's not, you know, a a perfect every down elite player, but he's exactly what the chargers need. This is an all in year. And I didn't, I didn't want to see how they'd replace a guy with 40 pressures and six sacks. Look at the draft last year. The leader, it might be wishy-washy on PFF because of like DN versus defensive tackle. But the leader in pressures last year for a rookie was 17. And (laughs) I'm not great. The, the, the and leader. this rookie class this incoming draft class sucks it is so bad yeah it it I've, i haven't watched it so you know i don't know but yeah i was probably a little too passionate i'm sorry <laughs> it's not we'll, that we'll get bad. to it i'm it's so excited bad. to watch that class guess what we're breaking down next defensive tackles. i can't wait
1: thanks for that endorsement i'm so excited. sorry no, That was a tad on. dramatic on my part a tad dramatic on my part
2: uh, it's all good but i mean listen like the again 17 pressures, the leader last year. The year before that was Barmore, and that was the only player to be over 40 pressures that year yeah. as a rookie. Like the odds of Tom Telesco, probably not in the first round, finding somebody else who is the one guy every two years who hits over 40 pressures. The odds are so slim. Like, raise your hand if you thought Tom Telesco was going to be able to find that player, and probably not even in the first round. Wouldn't have been me raising my hand, but now. It's Morgan Fox time. I can't wait to see what these numbers are. Frankly, if they overpaid relative to Arjun's expectations and contract, fine. Um, but we'll see what this quote-unquote you know, overpay might be. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they spent a little more to make sure he stayed. Yeah. Uh, frankly, I would have loved to have seen him just be resigned before the market hit. But um, hey, I'm happy. Trey Pipkins, Morgan yeah. Fox, the two priorities in my opinion. Both back. I'm stoked. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about Trey here in a second, but
1: um, you know, I, I we'll see what happens with the pass rush, right? But like the whole point of signing Morgan Fox last year was, you know, they needed somebody who could beat one on ones because the edge rushers were getting double teamed, right? Like, you know, this is a, this is a team for the Chargers who, you know, when Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa are healthy, you know, they're going to command a ton of attention, right? Whether that's chips, whether that's double teams. And we saw it last year where anybody not in Morgan Fox last year was not winning one-on-one opportunities um, until the end for Kyle. I know Kyle like, obviously came on strong. So um, Morgan Fox coming back is huge for the pass rush. You know, they're, they're, they're able to have a pass rushing opportunity because it's like, you know, when I suggest a Robinson, right? Like you're talking about a who is not a great pass rusher, you know, Sebastian Joseph day, not a good pass rusher. Uh, Austin Johnson, not a very good pass rusher. So it's like those guys, essentially, you're, you'd be asking them to like push the pocket and then, you know, letting Cleo Mack and Joey Bosa work. But now with Morgan Fox, you have somebody who can, uh, you know, be very disruptive, you know, along the interior. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, Coach Ed has been pounding the table that, you know, he's been, he was more productive last year than a lot of these guys who signed for, you know, 16, 17 million dollars, like. Zach Allen Mm -hmm. signed with the Seahawks for I think 14 and a half million dollars and Morgan Fox had more pressures had a higher pass rush win rate you know and and Morgan Fox we'll see what happens here but uh he's definitely not signing for 14 million dollars per year so um you know this is this is a great sign for the Chargers that they're bringing him back and and I do think that letting him kind of test the market probably was best for them I think you know he not to say that he's like a schematic limitation player, because I do think he'll be successful elsewhere. But, you know, his best seasons have been with Brandon Staley as mm-hmm. a defensive coordinator. So I do think that is something that other teams certainly weigh into.
2: Yeah. And then the reverse, you know, Morgan Fox weighing the market is, is him going, OK, I've tried things with the Rams before Brandon Staley. I went to the Panthers and I mean, we heard as soon as they signed Morgan Fox. That the fit with the Panthers was awful. They did not know how to use him. Yeah. You know he was productive. He was playing on were, the edge a ton for Carolina. Yeah, and, and you know I think he did have some production, but it wasn't the same. And everything just in 2020 and in 2022. You, what's the obvious thing here? It's Brandon Staley. And again, like credit to Brandon Staley for that, for letting Morgan Fox have this career year in the scheme, um, even though he wasn't technically like a starter early on. But when they made him that focal point and he had to become one, he thrived. Um, So this scheme was at least good for Morgan Fox. And I think if Morgan Fox is looking at the market, if this is a two-year deal, I'm willing to bet there's an out in 2024 um, because that's just kind of the way things have been. And if you have another really, really great season, hey, your best shot at the next contract is staying with this team. You know, if if every other team was going to give you, you know, a million dollars more APY or something, and that's Mm -hmm. kind of it, screw it. You know, take that maybe a slight discount, stay with this team and hit the market again. When you've shown like two years in a row now, 40 pressure, 45 pressure seasons, and then really go cash in with some team. So this works out. I'm stoked. I can't wait to see what these contract details are. I'm, I'm bummed it's not out yet. Come on.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the bad thing about, uh, you know, it coming out live when we're on the show. Mm. Um have to correct myself. Zach Allen did sign with the Broncos, not with the Seahawks. Draymond Jones was the one who signed with the Seahawks. So Mm -hmm. um, my mistake there. But uh, a lot of money being thrown around with the defensive tackle market recently. And I I think this makes sense. I will say, you know, I do think the Chargers uh, do have to find a pass rusher of the future. Again, this this is not a starter, find a starter draft class for the Chargers incoming, except maybe at linebacker, like an immediate starter. Um, but they have to find a future starting into your defensive tackle desperately in this draft. Definitely not in the first three rounds. I think that should be spent elsewhere, but, uh, you know, they should definitely look at that market. So, um, great news on the Morgan Fox front. Um, you know, we obviously debated back and forth, uh, this season, you know, which, uh, Chargers internal free agents were the priority. Um, you know, heading into the process, we had heard that it was going to be Trey Pipkin's and slash his replacement and then drew tranquil slash his replacement so those were the top two priorities from the chargers and you know obviously re-signing trey pipkins uh we'll talk about trey now so trey gets a three year 21.7 uh is it 21.75 or 21.25 i forget
2: um, I, all I know is Arjun was off by $250,000. That's all okay, I remember. So
1: <laughs> I think that means seven, five, then I forget. Anyways. So it's a three twenty-one $21 million deal, basically for Trey Pipkins to come back to the chargers. Um, this is again, it, it, I, in my opinion, was the top priority for the chargers 20.75 officially. Thank you. Uh, DJ bling. I think that's how you say that. I don't know. Anyways. So Trey Pipkins back with the chargers on a three-year deal. I think this is great news again for the Chargers. You know, I I was pounding the table all offseason long, which is (laughs) crazy to talk about, right? If you had told me at this time a year ago that I'd be pounding the table for Trey Pipkin's extension, Mm -hmm. I would have said you were crazy. So, um, you know, Trey solidifying the right side of the offensive line along with Zion Johnson. um, You know, I, I think people really underrate how important continuity is along the offensive line. And, you know, Zion didn't really have much of that last year. You know, Trey wasn't super healthy. Corey missed some games. And now, theoretically, potentially, you have Zion and Trey again, you know, solidifying that front for the next three years. We'll see if Trey plays the, the duration of that contract. So, you know, the Chargers have all five starters locked up uh, for the short-term future. You tweeted out the, the cost of the Chargers offensive line. Mm. Uh, and, you know, it's a very affordable you know, efficient offensive line that I think really has a very, very high ceiling. So um there is some uncertainty about Corey Lindsay, right? But, you know, for like the first time in my life, this is, you know, that for the next two years, the Chargers will have the whole right side of the offensive line set, left side of the offensive line set with Rashawn Slater and Jamari Sawyer. And the future of this unit, I think, is incredibly bright. Like, I think if this goes well, we could be talking about, you know, a top six or seven offensive line in the league for the Chargers, which is, is huge. And I know some people will point out they weren't that great last year. Um, you know, they had some struggles, but Rashawn Slater was out. Corey Lindsley missing, missing games, Trey Pipkins missing games, Matt Filer, obviously regressed mm-hmm. and is now cut. Um, so this, this unit, I feel incredibly good about. You have all five spots solidified for the next two years. And beyond that, we'll see what happens with Corey Lindsley. But um, mm-hmm. this unit has an incredibly bright future. And now, you just, have to, you just have to go find depth, right? Like, this is a great spot to be in. You know, you look at teams who have elite offensive lines consistently. That continuity is huge, whether you look at the Eagles and how they've been able to, you know, maintain yes. all five starters or at least four starters. You look at what the Buccaneers have had recently. You look at what the Browns have had over the past few years. Like, maintaining continuity is so, so important. And now the Chargers have that for the, for the short-term and the long-term future with uh, this deal with Trey Pipkins.
2: Yeah, the right side of the line was clearly infinitely better with Trey Pipkins and Zion Johnson starting, and obviously Corey Lindsley as well. Like, the two big runs we've seen from Austin Eckler were off that right side. When yep. they, the Browns couldn't stop them, they went to the right. When the Texans couldn't stop them, they were going to the right. Uh, not that those are great defenses, but you know, like they were <laughs> clearly significantly better to the right side. And obviously, you know, with Matt Filer gone, Jamari Salyer in, or Sean Slater back. I mean, this is this is the best I felt about the Chargers offensive line easily of the Tom Telesco era. And frankly, you could say in, in a decade, two decades, like I, I've loved the Chargers offensive line, you know, in was six in those great years. Maybe that was it. Maybe that was the last time. But um, it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a long time, man. <laughs> it, it's been a long time. Um, But Trey Pipkins, you, you got to say it. I was wrong. I, yeah. if you thought that he wasn't going to be better last year, you're fooling yourself because he was working with Duke Manyweather, So there was a version of him that was going to be better, but he, you know, watching him in training camp after the third sack in a row, he gave up to Micah Parsons. I was going, eh, I don't know how this is going to go this year, but I guess that's Micah Parsons, I suppose. Yeah. But, um, I, this is definitely a teaching moment, honestly, for, for all of us fans is certainly for yeah. myself because, you know, do you want to wait four years for, for a player to develop? No, that's not typically what you'd like to do, but he did develop. And that is a credit to him, to the Chargers, to them finding this right, you know, fit and a blend of offensive line coaches. Um, Duke Manyweather, obviously, this is awesome. And this is a really, really great story. I don't want to use this as the norm moving forward. Like, okay, year four, he's definitely going to develop. Like, that's (laughs) not the norm I'd like to set. Yeah, But that is still there. You know, we've had a lot of teachable moments the last few years, really in the Brandon Staley regime. And I think this is one of them. Trey Pipkins, um, I mean, good for you. Good for him. Good for the Chargers. I think this is excellent. I I have nothing really else to say. You know, to me, it was, you know, him and Fox were priorities one and two. They got both done yesterday and today. I mean I couldn't be happier. I, and I can't believe that this is the first year of Telesco's entire career that two players from the same draft have been brought back. And those two <laughs> players are Trey Pipkins and Easton Stick. Never I would have lost so much money. If you had so told, much. <laughs> If you had told me that I would have reported you and and drug tested you everything. Like you're an idiot if you told me that a year ago. You, you told me that 6 months ago I tell you you're an idiot. But here we are and i mean okay congratulations to easton stick first off congratulations (laughs) Um, but seriously congratulations trey pipkins yeah
1: 100 um yeah i think circumstances obviously matter you know trey pipkins drafted as a project offensive tackle and you know it's it's not his fault that the chargers had such poor depth that he had to play significant snaps as a rookie and you know i think the second year struggles are certainly justified to talk about when storm norton replaces you i think that that is an issue right but you know i think it is important to remember context of players that are drafted and how the the team looks at them right like i think you know we'll learn about their process in terms of drafting projects a lot with you know jt woods like what happens with jt woods going forward um if you're drafting a player who you think can be an intermediate contributor and they aren't, I think that's a different conversation. So, you know, Trey taking a bit to develop, I think is, is certainly, you know, it's a great story. I think it's part of what makes the NFL truly special. And and I was 100% wrong. And I think a lot of my frustration at this time last year of how the Chargers handled the offensive tackle situation was that they were banking on Trey's development <laughs> right. and banking on storm Norton's development, which obviously did not go well on that front. Um, you know, and then you obviously have to rely on, on Jamari Sawyer to save your season at left tackle when Rashawn Slater goes down. So, you know, I'm so glad that Trey, uh, you know, developed into the kind of player that he did last year. And, you know, people who have been critical of, of the potential of re-signing of Trey Pipkins will point out like, you know, he's got a low PFF run blocking grade and his pass blocking grade isn't great. Um pff does some great things but if you really sit down (laughs) and watch film of how trey played i think you would agree that trey was severely undergraded as a run blocker Mm -hmm. um you know i i think the work that he and zion johnson were doing last year was phenomenal when trey was was healthy in the run game and like you said earlier you know those two were the linchpins of the the run game, and so for them not to use it in the playoff game is, is truly something else, mm-hmm. um, you know. But Trey, I think, has come a very long way. I think he's a perfect fit for what you know Kellen Moore is going to want to do in the run game because Kellen Moore is going to want to do a lot of outside zone stuff. He's going to want to get his offensive tackles out in the move. I think that was one of my favorite things watching you know the Dallas offense uh, after that hiring became official. Was how much he got, you know, the offensive tackles out in space. Whether that was Tyron Smith, whether that was Jason Peters, whether that was, um, shoot, I forget his name, the kid from Tulsa, um, Tyler Smith, excuse me. Um, you know, they were out in space and they were pulling out and they were being able to to get out to the second level and use them in the counter game, use them in, in various ways to get them out in space. And I think now with Rashawn Slater and uh, Trey Pipkins. You have a very, very high potential for the run game with those two uh, back and back in tow. So very excited for Trey. I think he deserves this. He earned it. You know, he was 19th in the league uh, of offensive tackles and pass blocking efficiency rating. And again, if you really watch the film, like yeah. people told me all throughout the season, like, oh, Jamari is better. Jamari is better. And I think Jamari, again, save the season. But if you really watch the film, Trey was the tackle they were leaving on an island in pass blocking situations. Mm -hmm. And they were sending help towards Jamari pretty consistently. So, um, you know, they trusted Trey to be on an island. And the fact that that is a true statement uh, from two years ago is pretty crazy. So um, Trey deserves it, man. This Mm -hmm. is, this is a uh, story of a ton of hard work and dedication being up into uh, working into his career. Right. because, if he doesn't go down and work with Duke Mannyweather, if he doesn't start taking his yeah. fitness at a higher level, like he's probably out of the league after this season. Like, you know, as a third round pick from a small school who doesn't have that high profile, if he did not play this past season and play well, I mean, you're talking about somebody who's already retiring. Like this is mm-hmm. what he did with Duke Mannyweather and the work, work ethic that he showed the past two years truly
2: saved his career and, and changed his career. Yeah. Beautifully, beautifully said there. It really did. Uh, I don't think he would have. Who'd have guessed? I mean, I don't think he would have said, "Hey, in you know six months or whatever, I'm making seven point two five million dollars a year." Life changing money, man. Like, absolutely, life like life changing money, and not because they he was overpaid. Like he legitimately deserved it. Heck, they probably could have technically paid more. Um, this came in right at what Arjun was expecting, but there are some tackles out there getting a lot more. I know, Andrew Wiley got more i don't remember how much more but he wasn't better than trey pipkins this past year wiley was
1: uh three years 24 so he was eight apy
2: yeah and and wiley he has the the snaps in his career but he he's not the same tackle that pipkins was unless you're just honing in and focusing on the um the playoffs so yeah awesome awesome for trey pipkins i will definitely consider this moving forward every time i say that, like ah oh, it's not gonna happen uh, and and honestly, this is a way that I think you can look. I don't, not that I want it to take this long, but you can look at someone like a JT Woods. Like if they go out and sign John Johnson, um, which if you've seen Sebastian Joseph Day's tweet, it sounds like yeah. he really wants that to happen. But if, you know, if JT Woods is not a starter next year, you hope that they find themselves at Duke many weather and that JT Woods can, you know, be better and be that starter in, in year three, year four or something. So, um yeah, really, really interesting situation.
1: Yeah. I, I, ideally you don't spend so many third round picks on uh, projects going forward, but um, you know, I I think an an underrated storyline here too, is what the Chargers have done, you know, from an offensive staff standpoint. And I think particularly Sean Surratt deserves a shout out for, you know, his role in developing these guys and being able to work them um, and and figure out how to flex this out and, and get, Jamari Sawyer ready at two different positions and get Trey ready at different positions. Absolutely. You know, you're flipping Zion Johnson's side. So, you know, Sean Surratt, obviously, you know, with uh, Frank Smith and now with Brendan Nugent, he's kind of been that constant. So, mm. um, you know, obviously, mm-hmm. Odey abuji when he came on the show, talked very glowingly about Sean Surratt. And I think yeah. Trey Pipkins uh, is is another case study for him too, as well. So,
0: um, We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: All right, so we'll, we'll shift here to the Eric Kendricks signing. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Drew Tranquil, you can pretty much, you know, if, if you haven't already, you know, unfortunately, there's just no chance that the Chargers are able to afford him at this point. Yeah. Um, you know, the linebacker market has kind of slowed down a little bit. You know, we talked about on Sunday, you know, the Quincy Williams contract really affecting the Chargers in that regard. Um, and, and initially, that was the case, right? We saw uh, Okereke signing with the with the Giants with a high number. Tremaine Edmonds getting a very high number with the Bears, um, and some other linebacker signings as well. Now that linebacker market has kind of died down a little bit. You know, the Lamonte David gets seven million APY. Kaiser White gets four. Uh, Leighton Layton Esch four and a half. So it, we'll see ultimately what happens with Drew Tranquil, but. I think once they figured out that they were not able to come to terms with Drew Tranquil and his return, you know, they pivoted to that veteran market obviously choosing to sign Eric Kendricks, uh, formerly of the Minnesota Vikings to a three or a two year, $13.75 million deal, which is essentially six and a half per year. So Mm -hmm. uh, Kendricks now presumably uh, taking over that spot from Drew Tranquil, um, you know, pointing Alex pointing out earlier today about the green dot situation. Mm-hmm. Eric Hendricks has called plays his entire career for the Vikings for different uh, defensive coordinators. So that's something yeah. there uh, has been uh, very praised for his leadership as well. So um, I think all in all going from Drew Tranquil to Eric Kendricks, that's a pretty nice consolation prize. In my opinion, mm-hmm. um, there are certain things that we can get into, but um, I'm excited about Eric Kendricks. I don't think this is a, a drastic upgrade from Drew Tranquil, but I think again, this is, this is a nice pivot point, and Daniel Popper also pointing out that, um, you know, Eric Kendricks will not count against the uh, compensatory yeah. performance because he was a cut player from the Vikings.
2: Yeah, going as far as uh, comp picks goes, although they they brought back Morgan Fox, they brought back um, Trip Hipkins, but you know they're headed for some decent comp picks next year, so that's good. I think my reaction to the Kendricks signing is going to come down to the contract that Drew Tranquil gets. If you know. it's off by a little bit, like whatever, I'm not gonna make a big deal out of it. But you know, we'll see. Um, Kendrick's is older. You know, he's played 2,100 whatever it is snaps the last two seasons. Um, but I'm not worried about a guy coming off an ACL or, or something nasty. So that's good. Um, I think it really comes down to you know three-ish things. Ones that Kendrick's is like, I think he's more likely to hit his expectations. Uh, Tranquil could too. I'm like, I'm not saying is gonna go be a bad linebacker or a bust somewhere, but he's, you know, Kendrick's has played, you know, he's never played, excuse me, fewer than 750 snaps in a season, his entire career. And this is the first time that Drew Tranquil has done that. So, you know, even if you get, you know, about the same as Tranquil played last year, like you, at least you, you you know what you're getting, I think. And that's, that's important. I think. Um, I think he'll hit similar production. You've said a couple of times on Twitter, like, You know, if you're looking at coverage here, run defense here, blitzing here, like it's kind of a wash between the two. So I think you're going to get just similar production, uh, maybe slightly less production. um, But you're hoping you get that at a discount. Again, I'm kind of waiting for this contract because if Tranquil goes and gets, I mean, again, we saw this with Kaiser White. You know, if if he gets a smaller contract than we were all thinking, then I'd have a bit more questions. But you do improve your run defense, I think, even if coverage drops off a bit. And I think that's a trade-off that they would prefer. You know, you feel a lot better about the secondary and the coverage guys, I think, in this system over the run defense, especially with so many D-tackles hurt early on. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's a trade-off. And hey, if you go get, go get John Johnson, I think um, he can play enough of a variety of roles to help with you know everything. Um, and then, of course, it's just familiarity. So Ryan Ficken, Jeff Howard, UCLA, yeah, you know, all, you know, all these things, hot commodities, you know, the, the hottest commodities for the Chargers are known commodities. And so I think that was important for them. So, again, like overall, I feel good about the move. Um, I don't see, you know, you, you of course, you worry about oh, he hits the wall, he gets injured, overpaying for linebacker, that sort of thing. But I think relative to what they needed and, and where they were in their current roster and the cap situation, I'm cool with this. I w- I'm excited to watch Eric Hendricks and see what he brings to the table because. You know, we've saw him pick off justin herbert so i know he's at least he can do that um that was an unfortunate one on the target yeah so i believe Keenan allen yeah that wasn't fun yeah um yeah anyway uh, i I'm, I'm cool with the move for now but i'm, I'm going yeah. to kind of hold off judgment until i see the contract until i watch more film from him
1: yeah i know the the compensatory pick thing here is certainly important but that requires drew tranquil to go out and sign a bigger contract right like this is you know i mean they could certainly get like a seventh round comp pick for him but Ideally, you sign Kendricks with this comp pick formula in mind, and is gonna go out and sign an eight million dollar deal. That hasn't happened yet. So um, you know, the linebacker spots are really starting to dry up. Um, uh, somebody reporting to that Denzel Perryman's working out today with the Houston Texans. That's a spot that I think for Drew Tranquil would make a lot of spend, a lot of sense. I thought the Giants would make sense, I thought the Steelers would make sense, and all these teams are are signing other people. Um, you know, so we'll see what happens if he wants to go back to Indianapolis, uh, with Gus Bradley. We'll see, you know, I I had heard that they wanted to be able to get to a spot that would be able to, uh, more maximize his ability as a pass rusher. So that doesn't really line up with what Gus Bradley tends to do. Um, so we'll see what happens on the Drew Trigma front. Um, Arjun just tweeting commanders with three eye emojis. Oh, gotcha. They did let Holcomb walk today. So that is a potential possibility for Drew Tranquil is what he's saying. Um, you know, we'll see what happens there. But in, in terms of Eric Kendricks, I think there are, you know, two areas that, I, that really kind of stand out for me in terms of like upgrading over Drew Tranquil. I think number one is just his ability in zone coverages. I think he's incredibly high IQ uh, and uh, just very consistent at matching routes in zone coverage. And he's so smart at anticipating... Those windows at in which to make plays, right? Like you see him several times a game, you know, win a leverage battle against a tight end over route, or be able to stand out in the red zone and make a play on the football. So, I think zone coverage, you know, Kendrick, win- Kendrick's would win out against Drew Tranquil. I think he just has a uh, has a more natural feel uh, in that regard, and particularly like over the middle of the field, he's somebody that I think is it, it really stands out for him. I do think with Drew Tranquil, you have a better athlete at this point in his career who can really match up one on one and and line up against guys in man coverage, and I think that's the difference in terms of coverage. So you know, Kendricks is better in zone, Tranquil is better in man. If you want to, you know, mm-hmm. kind of get down to it, I think as um, as run defenders, I, I don't necessarily agree that Kendricks is a is a strong upgrade. In that regard, I do think he is a more sure-handed tackler. The, the missed tackle rate for him is fantastic. Tranquil is a bit of a a a uh, bit of a weak point, but he also has less range than Tranquil. I think Tranquil is able to get to more tackles because of his range and athleticism. So, again, to me, that's kind of a wash if you're talking about somebody who's a little more sure-handed but doesn't have the range as Eric Kendrick mm-hmm. does, or as Drew Tranquil does, excuse me. Um, the biggest difference for Tranquil is his ability as a pass rusher. You know, Drew Tranquil is is somebody who has legitimate pass rush chops. And, and Kendricks can blitz. He can take on a running back. He's not somebody that will go out and win against a guard like we've seen with Drew Tranquil recently. So um, I hesitate to call this an upgrade. I think this is this is essentially a, a lateral move for the Chargers. And I think it's a smart move if, if again, Drew Tranquil is kind of pricing himself out, pivoting to Eric Kendricks. Is a very nice consolation prize. Um, I think they're certainly getting a, an upgrade in terms of of high IQ and, and natural ability at the position. Um, but I do think Drew Tranquil was a very high-quality player. And again, we wanted him back as well. So yeah. um, I'm excited for Eric Kendricks. Probably the best-case scenario in terms of pivoting away from Drew Tranquil. So I think this is, again, smart business by the Chargers going from Tranquil to Kendricks, and particularly mm-hmm. if they're able to get a comp pick out of it.
2: Absolutely. I'm now really curious what happens to the rest of the linebacker group, because obviously this is your starter. So that's not a surprise there. This is your starting linebacker. What I think we talked about in January and what I was told is that the position that is not retained between Tranquil and Pipkins is going to get a a mini overhaul in the same vein of what happened last year with defensive tackle. And we're seeing some of the same patterns. You know, last year yeah. they brought now they brought in a lot more defensive tackles. I don't expect that to happen for linebacker, but it's a mini overhaul and they've fired their position coach. They've now brought in Kendricks and of course, you know, Trey Pipkins is back. So what are they going to do a linebacker? And what does that mean for their first round pick or their former first round pick who just hasn't stuck yet? Um, obviously he's not going to be the starter. So there's that, but I'm curious how far will this overhaul potentially go? Again, yeah, I was told was told to be a mini overhaul because I guessed it was Trey Pipkins that was going to be the preferred option. That means Tranquil is the guy that was out. Tranquil is out. Kendrick's is in. So what does that mean for Kenneth Murray? And really, what does that mean for the draft? I don't think that they're obviously they're not taking someone in the first round. Probably not taking someone in the second round. Probably not taking someone in the third round. <laughs> um, you know, give or take, we'll see. I think yeah. we ended up taking Williams in the fifth round of our mock draft or fourth round or something. I think it might be the fourth. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's a solid range. Like, that is a very Telesco, Staley friendly sort of range to look at, right? Go find the Kaiser White, go find Drew Tranquil again while you have two quote unquote starters um, ahead. So, I'm really curious what happens to this linebacker room, considering we've been hearing that this might be the mini overhaul. And so far, it is. They've got a new starter. Yeah, you know, I would imagine Kenneth Murray takes on some
1: kind of reduced role this year. Um, You know, I do think because you're losing Tranquil, you probably you know, put Kenneth Murray in more of a sub package blitzer kind of role. And we've seen him, you know, kind of, that kind of be his, his best role and his, his best option. So um definitely curious to see what they do there. They could, they could still sign Troy Reader on a minimum contract and have your starting duo be Reader and Kendricks. And I think you would feel pretty good about that. Um, you know, if they want to draft somebody that, that can certainly be a possibility as well. So um, <laughs> not a great linebacker class. You know, I think if if the Jack Campbell is there in the second round and you take Jack Campbell, then he's probably your starter. But other than that, I think you're probably talking yourself into a developmental, maybe sub-package linebacker later on on day three. And I think that's probably where they, they should choose anyway, mm-hmm. given their needs at, at other positions. So, um, you know, Dorian Williams, Ivan Pace from Cincinnati, I think those that kind of range makes sense for the Chargers on, on early day three.
2: Yeah, I can't wait to not get into this class. <laughs> and D tackle which apparently is so good. Yeah, yeah.
1: Great D tackle class. Um, all right, so uh, you mentioned Deason Stick earlier. Obviously, Chargers agreeing to uh, keep him around as the, the main backup, uh, giving him a one-year, $1.8 million contract. So um, certainly not a high-end backup market uh, quarterback deal for the Chargers. I don't think they really could have afforded one. Um, I figured they'd be in on Cooper rush, but you know, Justin Herbert and Easton stick are very close. And I think Easton stick, uh, you know, is one of Tom Telesco's guys. So the fact that this is, uh, another second contract guy for Tom Telesco is, is really funny to me. Um, but he's definitely QB two, you know, his contract indicates that Chase Daniel was making $2 million last year. Easton stick gets $1.8 million uh, this year to be Justin Herbert's backup. Chargers also tendering Foster Sorrell who's down in Texas working out with Duke Mannyweather and the Rashawn Slater and uh Trey Pipkin. So smart move on his part. And then also Cameron Dicker uh, gets tendered as well. So those are the three smaller internal moves that the chargers have made. Uh, any thoughts there, Tyler? Um,
2: I initially was surprised that Sarah was back, but then I realized they brought back storm Norton last year in the same kind of deal. Yeah. Um, so, Hey, if he's out there with Duke Mannyweather, Please don't send me messages that like, well, Trey Pipkins did it. So Foster Cyril can. <laughs> I'd love for that to happen. Don't get me wrong. I'd love for them to yeah. boom, instantly have a great backup tackle. That'd be and very just, nice. We're, we're asking for a lot here from an undrafted free agent. Um, yeah. Again, we'd love to see it, but let's, let's um, hang in there for a sec. I do think this comes down to that kicker competition that you guys were talking about. Um, people were saying, oh, well, they will just cut Hopkins. Why haven't they cut Hopkins? You don't know all that much about Cameron Dicker right now. Yeah. Um, and, and neither of these guys hit longer than 50 yards last year. Dicker had one shot and it was in the postseason. And I believe it was exactly 50 yards. Hopkins missed his only 50 yard attempt, I believe. So, like, you don't really know a lot about both guys. One guy's injured, one guy you don't know about because he hasn't played a ton. Neither of them are big legged sort of guys. Although on kickoffs, they're great. They just maybe haven't hit or had those opportunities to. So, sure. you know, we'll see what we're in for for that competition. Yeah, that that competition is something that, uh,
1: you know, I kind of expected, you know, a lot of people were just penciling in Dustin Hopkins as 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 a cut candidate. Um, You know, if the Chargers designate him as a post June one uh, cut, you know, they can certainly save a a decent amount of money and get out of the rest of his contract. Um, But I was told pretty early on that they wanted to have a competition between these two guys. And that that was going to be the plan going forward in the summer. So uh Daniel Popper threw a, another potential layer in there earlier today when he talked about Chargers maybe trading one of those two for a late day three pick for the 2024 draft, and you know we'll see what happens there if they want to yeah. uh, go down that avenue once teams figure out that they need some some kicker help. So I think again smart business by the Chargers to keep both of these guys around. You know you you hate to see a guy lose his job to injury, and Dustin Hopkins was really good for the Chargers in 2021 and. Um, obviously, you know, had the hamstring or the groin injury, uh, this year, wasn't able to get back and healthy. So, um, again, you know, the chargers have, this is probably their best kicking battle they've ever had. Like, I think you feel really good about (laughs) both of these kickers, um, you know, going forward. So we'll, we'll see what happens in that regard. But I do expect both of these guys to, uh, you know, make the initial roster cuts be on, on the team for training camp and they'll figure it out probably down to the wire.
2: Yep, and I I have no reservations about who makes it. If someone makes it, another person's cut. You can argue with Ryan Ficken, and I'm not going to. So <laughs> whoever whoever makes it, you know we might see certain numbers in training camp. Like if we tally things up. Maybe the other yeah. person is a bit better, but Ficken knows what he wants. Technically, Hopkins was the guy they wanted initially, um, but Dicker was never available. So we'll see. But I'm excited, I guess. And you know I might might be in training camp this year. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, we can talk
1: about uh, kicker battles and actually have it be a good thing for once. <laughs> yeah. not talking about the Michael Badgley and Tristan Vescaino training camp battle, which was atrocious.
2: Yeah, they were, they were the two good ones. Who's the third guy? Oh, it was... Um, uh, shoot, what was his name? He was like yeah, I, I forget his name. Yeah, someone in the chat knows who the third kicker was in that battle. And it was like, all right, which 60% field goal kicker do you want on your roster? <laughs> you know, <laughs> because these guys are not good in camp so no, was a i'm struggle. cool with either it was
1: a struggle um but yeah ryan ficken man uh, he's he's an incredible coach so um oh kessman that was the alex one kessman mm-hmm. alex kessman shout out to Jorge, appreciate it um you know for what it's worth Danny popper did point out that the chargers do want to bring back uh jk scott as well um you know so that is a decision that is tbd unless uh ld bruin is pointing out that that happened right now are we getting two? Are we getting two uh, live signings today? Wait, I'm sorry. Hold on. Ellie Brown said punter news? Question mark. J.K. Scott coming
2: back, but I haven't. seen Um, that. I don't know. No idea. Have not seen anything. Okay. Yeah, have not seen that
1: either. Okay. So he must have must have just uh, forgotten a second question there. Um, but yeah, the, the Chargers do want him to come back. So, um, you know, we'll, uh, see what happens there if they want to do an undrafted free agent competition there. But, um, Ryan Ficken is going to get his guys. I think it's pretty clear that if he wants JK Scott back, he'll get JK Scott back.
2: Oh, he can do whatever he wants. Like unrelated, different from certain other coaches. I think if Ryan Ficken wants to do what he wants and he does what he wants, go for it. Who am I to judge? Who am I to say anything? Like the results are there. That's all it takes. You make moves wherever you want. You bring in your guys and you're top five, top six in the league. Hey, you do whatever you want. Yeah. I don't care.
1: I mean, easily the best special teams performance of my entire life last year. So <laughs> Ryan Ficken can become, you know, associate head coach. He can, you can pay him $10 million a year. I don't care. Like do whatever you want with Ryan Ficken. I think he deserves it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, one other thing here in regards to the offensive line, Daniel Popper did point out as well today, um, the team still potentially views Jamari Sawyer as the swing tackle. Um, so if anything happens to no, Slater, they don't. that's what Popper said. That's what oh, Popper said today. Sure. Oh, the Vikings sign a running back. Who did the Vikings sign?
2: He's not going to be there. Okay. Uh, I could see them. If oh, they Kipkins brought back Alexander hurt. Madison. Okay. Oh, cool. That's fine. Uh, seven, two years, $7 million. So again, market, not hot. No, but yeah.
1: Popper believes that Jamari Sawyer is the swing tackle. If that is the case, I would really like to see the chargers go out and sign a quality interior swing offensive lineman. Um, you know, obviously Arjun mentioned, uh, Evan Brown on our show. He remains unsigned formerly of the Detroit lions. Um, there are some other options as well. Um, you know, including Ode Abuji. if they want to do that route, they could do Coleman Shelton, formerly of the Rams. So, you know, there's some some quality interior offensive linemen out there that I, I would really like to see them solidify that backup spot, kind of regardless, but definitely if Jamar Salyer is the swing tackle. He's not the swing
2: tackle. <laughs> okay, if Trey Pickens gets hurt and they have a backup guard and Salyer then goes to right tackle because they have a backup guard, fine if that's how you want to like he wants to maybe phrase it then sure yeah but no he's not there he's going to be their left guard
1: i don't think that i i think the team would like they have shown that they would rather just make one move than Mm -hmm. two moves yeah and so i think that ultimately you're probably talking about maybe a draft pick and foster Sorrell as your backup tackles i don't know we'll see um i would certainly love I want them to go out and pay a a nice veteran swing whatever whether that's an interior <laughs> offensive too. lineman or a tackle. Yeah. Like I would like some veteran stability in the backup market. And mm-hmm. whether that's bringing back Ode, whether that's Coleman Shelton, Evan Brown, you know, I talked about Cam Fleming uh who played for the Cowboys for 2 years. There's also Cam Irving who played for the Cowboys and he's played guard, center and tackle in his career. Um he's a bit older though, so um i would like to see them be able to get a quality mm-hmm. backup veteran at, at a decent price so not asking them to go out and break the bank but um you know certainly would like them to get some backup stability
2: at this point ode is probably just if he wants to play to kind of latch on somewhere like do yeah. people consider him a starter i don't know we had him on the show and he was like hey i want to be back i love being here of course yeah. he's not going to go on the show and be like this sucks <laughs> but you know he's got like three other teammates on at, with duke manyweather like this is a solid yeah. line this team in theory is supposed to compete um and there's yeah. a working relationship there and i'd feel good about it so if ode is back i'm all for it i like him and he follows me on twitter so you yeah, know, I'll, I'll take it <laughs> there we go um all right final
1: wrap up here uh we didn't necessarily talk about uh compensation or destinations for a potential austin eckler trade so that's how we'll wrap up today's show mm. um and then we'll get into some of the things that the charters didn't do um in terms of like Brian Fajoco, donald parham all of that stuff on our next show so really quickly because we're already over an hour here um what are your thoughts in terms of compensation potential uh destinations for austin eckler and a
2: trade well, it's currently not Chicago. I can tell you that, so that's that's a first source. Um, I don't know why people kept tweeting that, but it's not Chicago. Um, can confirm. Yeah, people are hoping for a lot. It's amazing how much you want to trade away a player that's also somehow worth a first round pick. It's not that. Um, again, if he's worth that much, well, I guess you should trade him. But you know, maybe keep him. As Arjun said, and when I asked him, I do think it comes down to like a fourth round pick. The Chargers don't, like Austin Eckler doesn't have a ton of leverage as is, but the Chargers don't exactly have a ton of of leverage either. It's not like they can force a certain thing, like we're not going to trade you here and you have to pick this. Like, no, they're letting him explore. And so I think that Eckler is going to go to a team and say, hey, you know, here's the deal I want. The team will go, okay, sure. And um, yeah, it's that simple in the NFL. But uh, I think it comes down to a fourth round pick, which is not what a lot of people want to hear, but that's what I think happens. As far as destinations, I mean, I guess the Colts, it has to sort of be the, the, the destination I would consider. It would have been the Colts or the Panthers for me, um, but the Panthers just signed Miles Sanders. So there goes that one. So to me, yeah. I, I guess the Colts, because they have sort of a working relationship. Yes, that's within the AFC, but it's like,
1: you know. It's not a contender. You're fine. Yeah, Send exactly. Yeah.
2: Is Nick Falls back with the Colts? Um,
1: th- No, not yet. They did cut Matt Ryan. So uh-huh. they their only quarterback on the roster right now, I think, is Sam Ellinger.
2: Nice. Okay, so then just because <laughs> it's funny, I want them to go get bring back Nick Foles and go get Austin Eckler because Eckler laughed at the idea of Foles starting the next game after the Chargers whooped them. So just for That's content, true. let's go with Austin Eckler heading to the Colts for a fourth. That's true.
1: Yeah, no, I I think in terms of a potential return, like if the Chargers could If you, if you tell me they get a fifth and a player, like a young player, I think that I would be very happy with that. You know, I I think people are really seeing that the running back market is, is terrible. (laughs) And so, you know, you're talking about a player who's about to turn 28 who's asking for a raise. That's not going to be a player who at the running back position is going to fetch a, a good return for you. So again, if you give me, a fifth and a young player, you know, I, I would love that. Initially, you know, my my attention went to the Lions as somebody, as a team who really likes to run the football, who really has a versatile rushing attack, really likes to use their running backs in the passing game as well. And that's a team in the NFC. They had the cap space, but they just signed David Montgomery. You know, the Panthers just signed Miles Sanders, like you talked about. The Bears signed, uh wait, the Bears don't have anybody, right? They just have Khalil Herbert.
2: No, because, yeah, Williams went to the whatever. That's yeah, right. Yeah. so just Khalil
1: Herbert for now. You know, the Saints with Alvin Kamara and their stuff. It's like, okay, maybe that works. Similar system he's been in. They just signed Jamal Williams. So the spots are really drying up. I think, you know, the commanders would make some sense. Um, there is some schematic overlap there with, like, what, um, you know, Eric B. Enemy potentially wants to do and, like, how Austin Eckler has been used in the past um you know with how Shane Steichen used him you talk about the Colts too but then the Colts are going to have Jonathan Taylor and Austin Eckler like I don't know so it's just spots are really drying up man I, I think it's going to be really really tough for Austin Eckler to go out and find a a trade spot and I think Chargers fans if it does happen are going to be disappointed like if you send him to the commanders and you give me a fifth round pick and like the yummy brown i that's probably like best case scenario at this point is a, is a nice young player and add a position that you need. Maybe you get a nice speedy receiver. Maybe you get a different running back in return. Like I just, you know, people were like, Oh, send him for a second round pick. That's, that's not happening. You're not getting a top 50 pick for Austin Eckler at this point.
2: No. Um, someone in the chat said $25 million for Sanders. I don't see that unless someone else is seeing that I'm seeing it twice now. So maybe I just missed it. Um, what is that six point? Someone do math 12 and a half.
1: That's like 6.25 a year. Yeah,
2: yeah, gross. i I, I again, like, I, there's going through the situations, like the potential places he could go. There's really not a lot of connections out there. Um, I don't know if did, I don't know. Did Christian McCaffrey have a connection to the night? Oh, to duh, Stanford. I'm an idiot um but i I mean i mean christian mccaffrey is like you know an elite runner as well as elite pass catcher for sure i don't know man i really just think the chargers and eckland end up working this out the the worst the market looks and there's nothing here that looks good and the fact that the market is kind of drying up again like i said it takes one team that's all it takes but right I, i think they work this out man
1: um so david newton from who covers the panthers for espn he's the one who tweeted out uh four mm. years 25 million dollars for miles sanders who's paying that for miles sanders by the way i can't believe he got a four-year deal i would have rather signed. they could have brought back deontay foreman for cheaper than that and i think deontay foreman is a much better fit but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know deuce Staley's in carolina now uh he was in philadelphia when they drafted miles sanders Shane uh frank reich obviously was in philadelphia as well so makes sense but 6.25 for him is is pretty crazy mm-hmm. um other spots the giants don't really have it and they they signed somebody else i've seen some people have, have talked about them there's there's just not a ton man like maybe you could trade him across town to the rams but you know the rams have five million dollars in cap space right now so <laughs> You know, it's just, it's, uh, it's not bad. So if you think that the, they work it out, what kind of, what kind of contract extension are you thinking at this point? Cause I'd be shocked if Austin Eckler plays on this existing contract this season.
2: No, I definitely don't think that's the case. I think that, well, Arjun had a great idea, but now that probably have to tear that out because it's not what they were looking for. I think you could just get him back on the sense that next year is far more, guaranteed than it currently is. Um because hey, then he gets two years with the Chargers. Or he's got a deal and you could also trade next year or whatever it comes down to. So I think that just amending some of the guarantees next year, which is literally zero, I think you could switch that up. I also think just in general, he gets a what would basically be a one-year extension, which kind of could do the same thing. So you you extend him through 2025 and that's it. Because like, like do we really expect him to play out this contract? Does does Austin Eckler really expect wherever he goes for him to still be on that team in 2025? I t- I really don't think so. I don't see how you could expect that at all. Yeah. That's is not how the extension works. So I think they bring him back. I think they put more guarantees into 2024. I am also the absolute worst person to be asking right now. I should just <laughs> call Arjun. Um <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I think the guaranteed next year is nice, and I think that'll help because you yeah. do get money, you do get some stability. you do want to be here. I think they tack on one more year that pretty clearly has an out. and that's it. I think that's pretty much it.
1: Yeah, I you know the, the idea that we talked about uh, in our simulations is you know you you guarantee his contract this year, you essentially give him a uh, you you, know, you do a two year contract extension, which really has an out at, after the 2024 season. That way, you're giving him this year with the signing bonus, you're probably giving him like $10 million. And then next year, his, you make his base salary $9 million. I don't know if that's enough to, to bridge that gap because right now they're pretty far apart. So I, I, I think the Chargers would have given him at least a million dollar raise in terms of his APY. I, I, I assume they at least offered him like a $7 million APY extension maybe you have to get past 10 maybe like eight and a half nine is is kind of your your compromising point at this point
2: yeah so i'm a complete idiot he's not under contract next year i know i kept saying guarantee next year guarantee this year and no, then, i gotcha. yeah i gotcha. yeah i have my years mixed up but yeah i agree yeah i think if
1: like m- minimum at minimum you have to fully guarantee this this year's contract like he has zero guaranteed money on this year's deal it's all incentive based. Like the charters could cut him right away if they wanted to. To be yeah. honest, but I don't think they would do that because they need him. So I think worst case scenario is you do what you did for Melvin Ingram and you fully guarantee his contract this year. You see what happens. But I don't. Again, I don't think Austin Eckler wants that uncertainty for next year. I think he wants to have another deal for next year at minimum.
2: Fully guarantee this year, give him a ten million dollar contract next year, but that shouldn't guarantee. He's probably cut anyway. I mean that's that's kind of how I would see it. Yeah, I mean that's how the Chargers have done business in the past. So mm-hmm.
1: it's kind of what they did with Denzel Perriman. I feel like yeah,
2: exactly. That's the perfect way to
1: put it. So I, I don't know if Austin Eckler and his camp will go for that, but I just I can't see him playing on this existing contract. You know, the, the they're the Chargers are going to have to do something. And you know, whether or not Austin Eckler is going to have the fortitude to not play this season we'll, we'll see something else but mm-hmm. um if this drags on like you're talking about a holding situation like he's not going to be practicing at training camp if there's nothing done on his contract mm-hmm. so all right uh jam-packed show today man a ton to get to uh it was awesome to get the morgan fox signing live on the show today mm-hmm. um you know this is a busy busy time obviously for the chargers so um, lots of smart business being done, I think, from the charter standpoint, which fans should be happy about. Um, and we'll uh, we'll see what happens from here. I I would imagine if you're trying to trade Austin Eckler, you probably got to do it the next few days, like before everybody else picks up running backs. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> you know, we'll see what happens. If the if the trade does happen, you know, we'll obviously do an, an emergency podcast for you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, we'll be going live on Saturday for a Q and A, and then uh, you know, we'll see what happens after that. So. Uh, busy, busy time for the Chargers. Lots of smart moves like I talked about. Tyler, appreciate your time. Everybody in the chat, appreciate you as well today. It's been a fun chat. Uh, If you're listening to this, please make sure you leave us a rating and review. We always appreciate that positive feedback from you guys on there as well. So that's going to do it for us today, guys. We will see you next time.